many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Hey now, superhumans, it's Boomer Anderson here, and I'm in the lovely Asheville, North Carolina. Just got back from Austin, Texas, and I'm spending about a month and a half in the Americas, bouncing around all over the place. Hopefully I can catch you guys soon. But today's topic is a very interesting one, because if you're in the health and performance world, or if you're just really interested in optimizing yourself, you may have heard of something called near-infrared therapy. Well, my guest today is an expert on the topic, and... I have to say this episode surpassed all expectations. My guest today is Brian Richards, and Brian fully healed his toxin-related acne, brain fog, adrenal fatigue, and much more with the power of the incandescent sauna therapy. His personal journey to optimal health inspired him to create Sauna Space's incandescent sauna product line in order to help others discover the pathway to natural healing, which now includes the world's first Faraday Cage Sauna. So what did Brian and I get into? As you're going through this episode, I recommend having the show notes near you because there is a lot of information here. We talked about the differences between infrared, near-infrared, and traditional Finnish saunas. We looked into the difference between incandescent near-infrared and LED near-infrared. What does the role of heat play in enhancing the benefits of near-infrared? EMF and calcium channels, and so much more audio gold is in this episode. You can check out the show notes to this one at decodingsuperhuman.com slash sauna space. That's all one word, S-A-U-N-A-S-P-A-C-E. And if you go over to sauna space's website, Brian was so generous that he's going to give you guys 5% off with the code superhuman. Enjoy my episode with Brian Richards. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Boomer. Uh, this is an absolute pleasure and a conversation I've been looking forward to for a long time, just given because I have one of the lights and have a lot of questions. But let's, um, just for the audience who may not be as familiar with this subject, do you mind just kicking us off with just sort of what is broadly photobiomodulation? Yes, uh, photobiomodulation is the industry term for light. What it literally means is light activating biological systems. The evolutionary basis for that is our interaction with the sun. We've evolved under the sun. The sun nourishes all life on earth. And so it turns out that we don't just use the sun for heat and, and comfort. Uh, it's, it's used for basic biological processes. There are many different photobiomodulation systems, but the most uh, well, I don't know, well understood or the most exciting, I would say, is, is the mitochondrial system. So the mitochondria, it's the little battery cell in every cell of our body. Uh, almost every cell of our body has this, except red blood cells. And they, uh, they have a light receptor protein in them that absorbs a very narrow band of light. It's, uh, it's called the, the photobiomodulation range or the optical window of the human body, it's also called. It's, it's basically red light that we see and near-infrared light that we don't see. So on the spectrum, uh, in measured in nanometers, that's 600 to you know, up, up to 1,200 nanometers with certainly um, more stimulating points within that range. But the idea is that uh, we use light to for energy, to heal the body, for regeneration, it has anti-aging effects, it has vasodilation effects. Uh, and it's, it's put really simply, we're plants, where we, we absorb energy from light. We're not just designed to eat for energy. In fact, it, 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 uh, some people say a majority, but definitely a significant portion of our entire energy um, source uh, is 
designed to be from sunlight historically. We're naked on the equator, running around ancestrally. That's, that's how we're designed to live. So it's not a well-known concept, but it's in fact a, a, a fundamental part of our existence here on earth, photobiomodulation. Some people call it red light therapy. Some people call it light therapy. If it's visible light, it can be called chromotherapy. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very much centered in this this special band of light called near infrared. So infrared is a portion of light that we don't see. It's a little bit lower energy than visible light. It's between uh, visible light and and microwaves and radio waves and 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 you know uh, very low energy waves. And it's certainly not higher energy than visible light, which is where you get into ionizing radiation, ultraviolet, X-ray, and so forth. It's this kind of magic moment on the electromagnetic spectrum where there's all this uh, exciting. Uh, biological activation that's going on. It's neither too high of energy or too low energy. And we've evolved to really benefit from it. So one more thing to know for people who are not aware, I, I keep saying sunlight. Well, how do we compare? If we look at sunlight, what is sunlight? So the sun heats up. It's basically a burning ball of, of fire that's burning and at like 5,500 Kelvin or 6,000 Kelvin. So it's extremely hot. This is um, a concept in nature called incandescence. So when you heat up a material hot enough in nature it emits light naturally in this very nat what's called a natural power curve so it's a broad spectrum of light uh, of wavelengths um, all the wavelengths in this natural bell curve power distribution and the hotter the light the more higher energy wavelengths are emitted so the sunlight if we look at what reaches the earth um, i think about 41 percent of it is near infrared so in fact the largest plurality of all of the wavelengths and the and the power density we reach or, or we receive from the sun is near infrared so uh, even though it's not very well known this is in fact the most important part of of the sun spectrum and now we know why um, from photobiomodulation and many other effects as well also heating the body through water absorption um, there's also there are many different effects. Uh, you know, all wavelengths of sunlight structure water. Structured water has a very important role in the body. 100% of, you know, the mitochondrial, uh, and it's estimated that almost 100% of the water in the mitochondria is structured. And the mitochondria, again, for those of you who are not aware, it's not just a battery uh, in, in the body. It's not just a power plant. It's, in fact, fundamental to repairing the cell and keeping our cells working right. So more than just producing energy, it also heals the cell. It has regulatory functions. It's now the leading marker of longevity, the sort of the, the health state of the mitochondria. So you can, you can do different uh, types of testing now to, to assess how well the mitochondria is functioning. And it can, again, be used as a marker of longevity. So very essential part of our body. And, and, and this thing in the mitochondria, it needs this near-infrared light every day. This is super helpful, Brian. Really appreciate it. So let's, let's take a step back now to your story and how you kind of came to this because your company, Saunaspace, you started this out of an issue that you were having. And I think it kind of tells really your finding of near-infrared and photobiomodulation really well. Do you mind sharing your story there? Yes, of course. Uh, it started with a need. Uh, in the beginning, I had some problems and the, that's all I cared about. I was just out of college and, you know, planning on making my way in life and starting a business or something. And I was dealing with some stuff that was that, that conventional medicine had no solution for. I had a, what I, is a self-diagnosed adrenal fatigue. So I had a lot of insomnia. I had mind racing. I would just sit there and lay in bed. And uh, I wasn't really depressed or anything, but I would just sit there to think endlessly. And it would take sometimes an hour to fall asleep. I also had acne only on my torso, so it was really weird. If you met me in the street, you know, I looked fine. With If I had my shirt on, you didn't see any of my skin issues or, or, or most of them. And 
you didn't see that I was lethargic and low energy per se. And, and you didn't see my brain fog that I felt certainly. And so you thought I, I you know, I, I was probably fine, but I wasn't. So the dermatologist wanted to give me Accutane and, and all the other conventional medical prescriptions were in a similar vein. They're things to, you know, uh, control symptoms and kind of make the problem, uh, lessen the problem without dealing with the root of the problem. And I, I didn't like this approach. I'm, I'm definitely a, a self-solver type of person. I'm a, I'm a do-it-yourselfer type of guy. And I did my own research like everybody else does nowadays because you need a second opinion. That's not to say that conventional medicine doesn't have many, hasn't been a boon to humanity. It has. But for uh, chronic disease and chronic ailments, diseases of civilization, as it were, they are not offering such good solutions, I don't think. So I did a lot of research and I came, to, I read this book, Dr. Lawrence Wilson, among others. Uh, it's called Sonotherapy for Detoxification Healing, sonospace.com. We sell it. Uh, so it's a nice uh, tour de force of sauna and, and, and the type of sauna that we do here, incandescent sauna. But I also went back further from that. So the original incandescent sauna was Dr. John Harvey Kellogg's electric incandescent bath. He invented this three years after light bulbs were invented. So light bulbs get invented in 1887. He comes along and says, hey, Let's use these lamps, these incandescent bulbs to heal people. We'll make them sweat and we'll, we'll cure their, their maladies and their ailments. And so you can see these Victorian boxes. Uh, he has a book he wrote called Phototherapeutics. We're here talking about light therapy. So this guy wrote a book called Phototherapeutics in 1910. He didn't understand uh, EMF, which we'll talk about later. He didn't understand. Uh, and he was definitely considered nowadays to be wrong about many things. But he was actually on the vanguard and way ahead of his time especially in, in terms of light therapy and sauna. It's such a crucial aspect of, of keeping us healthy nowadays. So this just made sense to me. It just clicked in my mind. So I, I made my own and I started using it every day, uh, five days a week for about 40 or 50 minutes. And I, I had an immediate, uh, basically immediate uh, recovery from my insomnia. It did probably two or three sessions and I just fell asleep, boom, solid. Woke up the next day feeling rested really well rested. And then I was like, huh, this is, this is, this is working. And it was such a simple thing. So I, I continued to use it for six months and all of my adrenal fatigue issues, my acne, brain fog, that all went away. And I also stepped back and said, hey, and that's when I realized, they didn't know in the beginning that it was adrenal fatigue. I realized then six months after using sauna that I was thinking more clearly. I had more patience. Um, I was less irascible. I was more able to focus, more able to work longer with just more energy, just better overall health. Um, and it's a qualitative, it's a qualitative conclusion that, you know, no, it's hard to quantify, you know, it just, you know, no, no test would really show that as well as me giving you my anecdotal story. This is, this is how much better I am. So that was, that was the inspiration for what I do today. I started making a few for friends and family and eventually uh, and started, you know, selling through a doctor's, a local doctor's website. And you had to invoice me on PayPal and that, that led to where I am today. I got my own business loan and uh, built this, bootstrap this little thing up to now we have 25 employees. You can see behind me, it's our brand new, sh our, our new facility we just moved into. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot, we have six years now of product development to make the best sauna ever. And not just the best therapeutic experience, but the best kind of the most portable, convenient design, uh, taking care of, take, you know, paying close attention to all the details. And, and I think we, I think the proof is in, in our success. You know, we have a better uh, sauna offering, but we also have a better therapeutic offering. So we're not just, it's not just sauna space versus other saunas. 
the, the playing field is much larger than that. Instead of doing conventional medical solutions, instead of drugs and surgery and, and chemical therapies, uh, it turns out if we get the crap out of our body and we re-optimize our epigenetics through photobiomodulation, through detoxification, uh, we get things working. We don't just clean up what was there. We restore things to optimal functioning. So we get back to the way our, our uh, the ancestral human was a very resilient being. They had incredible stamina, incredible constitution. They didn't get sick often. When they died, or you know, they eventually died of some kind of physical trauma. Typically, you know, uh, uh, doctors back in the Middle Ages would have to travel hundreds or thousands of miles to see a cancer patient. It was so rare. Uh, these all these things that we have today, where we have uh, this explosion of of autoimmune disease. There's definitely different sources for that, but I think a primary factor for all disease we have nowadays is modern toxicant exposure, heavy metals, petrochemicals, and and plastics, basically pervasive everywhere. And then if we combine that with our modern lifestyle, which is totally antithetical to to good health, from the light, from the from the, the our diet that we eat, you know, our modern factory foods that we eat every day for convenience to just the lighting we use, you know, in my office, this, I, in my in our old shop, I had fluorescent light above me, which I can actually show you here real quick. So this is a <laughs> just the buzz. This is a flicker meter. So it's the the OFC one. It's a pulsed optical frequency counter. Mm -hmm. When it locks onto a signal, you can see, you know, you get a you get a reading. Yep. So you have you have this this light bulb, this fluorescent light bulb. We started using it for efficiency, and we paid no attention to the biological implications of using this new light. So it is a little more energy efficient, but one problem with this is this is full of mercury vapor. So if you break it in your home, you're the, uh, I think the OSHA or the EPA recommendation is to call a hazmat crew because <laughs> it sprays mercury dust all over and it sticks to your curtains and your sofa. So uh, it's not environmentally friendly and it's not biologically friendly either. It has a lot of blue light. And, it, and I just showed you the flicker meter flickering light. So what does that mean to biology? Well, uh, whenever we got blue light from the sun, we got regenerative red near infrared that we we have on you know the incandescent sauna space products or our old school incandescent light bulbs that we used to use. These modern light solutions, uh, LEDs and fluorescents, are have way too much blue light and none of the red regener regenerative red near infrared. So to put that in perspective with sun, the sun and what we get from the sun, 41% of sunlight is near infrared. All these regenerative healing wavelengths. At the same time, from the sun, we're getting a lot of blue and UV, and that's killing us. That's ionizing radiation. There are some biological adaptations to UV, some vitamin D effects and other regulatory effects. But, uh, and, and certainly that's the best source of light. If we can get that and be naked outside, then let's do that every day. But for those of us who don't live that lifestyle, which is all the Western world, the next best thing is, is the incandescent lamp. And it's been to our detriment that we've switched to fluorescent and now to LED. So just to show you also on an LED, this is just like an LED work light just to show you with the flicker meter again. So you got a 120 volt or 120 uh, hertz flicker. So it's flickering two times a second. It's basically like a strobe light in front of your face. If you can imagine if you had a, uh, uh, a child on the spectrum or a child with um, autistic issues, you wouldn't put a strobe light in front of their face. Well, to a, le to a lesser degree, you know, this affects all of us. It, it stresses the body out. And so with all the stresses that we have, in, in modern life, it's particularly, uh, you know, it's particularly bad to have these things that are around us all day long. So fluorescent light in our office and at home all day long, we get down on our couch, we sit at our, the computer I'm, I'm looking at you through right now, our phones, 
it's all this constant pulsing blue light. Blue light is, is, is associated with macular degeneration now. The French OSHA, basically the French Occupational Hazard Body, the governmental body, they issued a proclamation two years ago or three years ago now to not use LED lighting in the home or the office because it's so hazardous to your health. It's not really well known here in, in the United States, but for this push to energy efficiency, we've, we're, we're suffering um, in our health. And so not to get into that too much, but that's another huge aspect of all the disease that we have nowadays is this poor lighting sources. We're, we're beings of light. Much more than being biomechanical, we're electromagnetic. We are bioelectric. Uh, you can read more about this from a, a, lot of, a lot of guys who are a lot smarter than me, but suffice it to say that we need to be thinking about this. How can we get this into our lives every day? Not just going to the gym and doing one kind of, some, some kind of isolated therapy or one time a day therapy, but addressing it all day long. I want to change or, or just sort of move over into the domain of, of saunas specifically, because when we talk about saunas, there's really three that at least come to my mind. The traditional sort of Finnish sauna, the far infrared sauna, and near infrared. Do you mind, we can table Finnish sauna for a different discussion, but in terms of far and near infrared, do you mind just clarifying for people what the differences are, uh, not just in terms of wavelength, but also benefits as well? Yeah, so so uh, so in the, in the biological context, in the evolutionary context, Near-infrared is the biggest portion of sunlight. That's what we're used to getting. If we look at uh, how much far-infrared comes from sunlight, it's about 2%. So only 2% of all of that light coming from the sun is far-infrared. Most of it is absorbed by the water in the atmosphere, and that is what's called water absorption. So water absorbs different wavelengths differently. So if we talk about one big difference between near and far-infrared before we talk about photobiomodulation, it's how does it heat the body. Far-infrared wavelengths are 100% absorbed by, by water. And that's due to the water absorption spectrum that you can look at on saunaspace.com, or you could also just look on Wikipedia, water absorption spectrum. Once you get into far infrared at 3,000 nanometers and greater, this very low energy infrared, 100% of wavelengths are, of the photons are absorbed by water. Since our bodies are uh, all water, you know, we're 70% water, as soon as that far infrared photon you know, hits a water molecule, it stops. So if you look at the literature, in spite of what far infrared resellers or farm infrared sauna manufacturers are claiming your your tissue penetration is only one to two inches and typically less and that's just a that's a physic that's a fundamental pr uh, product of water absorption of the physics of water contrast that with near-infrared near-infrared is at the beginning of the water absorption spectrum if you look at the water absorption spectrum the first overtone of water where water starts to absorb strongly is 980 nanometers right where right in this in the beginning of near-infrared but it still is rising there so it's kind of quantum mechanical stuff, but to, to make it really simple, basically on average, uh, near-infrared photons from 700 to 1500 nanometers are penetrating much deeper than a far-infrared photon will on, on average. So uh, we see in the, in the near-infrared band penetration uh, up to four or five inches. There's one NASA study that showed that water-filtered uh, near-infrared wavelengths penetrated seven or eight inches into a human calf tissue. I don't know how big this guy's calf is. That, that's but. gotta be a huge calf. That's like almost an <laughs> elephant, right? <laughs> but we're, we're talking on, so we're talking on average though, near-fred wavelengths are getting in deep into the body. Mm -hmm. It is therefore what's called a radiant heat. Mm -hmm. It's heating you from within by the, the, these near-fred wavelengths getting in deep and then eventually being absorbed somewhat by water and heating up the tissues from the inside out. That's why uh, a near-infrared sauna is, it only needs an operating temperature of 105, 110 degrees. We don't need the air to heat us up. 
We just need to make sure the air is warm enough so it doesn't cool us down. So um, in a far infrared sauna, the tissue penetration is very shallow. So the air is required to assist in heating the body up. So it's very much like a finished sauna, only a little bit cooler. So a far infrared sauna is typically 150 or 160 degrees Fahrenheit. And, and they still take a lot longer to heat you up. When you sit in, in, in a, a sauna space with four incandescent lamps on your body, as long as the air around you is above 100 degrees, you're, you're sweating very quickly. And you're, you're sweating within the first 10 minutes, certainly. Um, and, you're, and the air around you, again, is 105 degrees, maybe 110 degrees. So just on the face of it, just from a heating perspective, near-infrared heats you up more efficiently. Um, and that's why farmers have used these lamps to heat their livestock for 100 years. It is the most efficient way to heat the body. And you can look at the old Philips light bulb heat lamp uh, like product sheets, and you can see in there that they, they explain this concept of water absorption and how NIRA, near-infrared, is a much more effective, pleasant, gentle, uh, and, and again, cost-effective way to heat, heat tissue, heat biological tissue. So the issue here is not what wavelengths heat up the room best, it's what wavelengths heat up our body best. So near-infrared does that a lot better, number one. Uh, number two, uh, only near-infrared delivers these photobiomodulation benefits. If we're talking about mitochondrial stimulation and all this awesome mitochondrial activation and healing and anti-aging and epigenetic repair effects, uh, vasodilation effects, uh, really a cascade of effects in every cell of our body, far-infrared is not doing that. It can't do that because the light receptor protein in the mitochondria has no absorption bands for far-infrared. It's really only absorbing 600 to 1,000 nanometers of wavelengths, visible red light, and about the higher end of the near-infrared band. So it's uh, it just, just comparing the two, uh, again, you get more efficient heating of the body with near-infrared. You get photobiomodulation benefits, which are hugely important. And then you also have more qualitative, because we're, we're, there's, there's, there's another issue here. It's not just that there's far-infrared versus near-infrared. This bulb, we call it a near-infrared bulb to distinguish it from the far-infrared sauna products that are out there. But this is, in fact, an incandescent bulb. Let's go into that because there's there's all kinds of stuff out there that's LED as well as incandescent, right? And I think that's definitely one of my questions here. So if you want to go down that now, I'm happy to. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So a bigger difference than anything else, just in terms of the way it heats your body and what kind of light it is, a near-infrared bulb is in fact an incandescent bulb. It's a broad spectrum emission from, it starts emitting at 550 or 600 nanometers and it's emitting all the way out to the far infrared at 6,000 plus nanometers. But when you get out there, it's a bell curve. So the, the majority of the power density, the emission is in the near infrared band, right? And in the, in the, it's, it's weighted to the front. If we break it down, it's about 39%, this lamp right here, about 39% or 40% near infrared, uh, just under that, about 40% mid infrared and about 17% far infrared. So it's not like there's no far infrared wavelengths here. It's just primarily near. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong per se with far infrared at all. It's not an evil thing. Uh, it's just not delivering to the body what near-infrared delivers. So suffice to say, just near-infrared is more effective, right? We're, 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 we're claiming that it's more effective for heating the body, for doing sauna. And, and the way you do detox in a sauna is you heat the body up. And you could do that in a finished sauna. But in, in a near-infrared sauna, it's low temperature. It's much more effective and quick. And there's certainly a synergy between the light therapy and, and the heating therapy that's detoxifying you. And so to do those together, absolutely, the, the detoxification is more effective. You're giving the cell more energy to do uh, all the detoxification, which needs a lot of energy to do that stuff. You're, you're, you're promoting vasodilation, which is better blood flow. The blood 
uh, brings in the nutrients and conveys away, you know, the toxins. And, and it also, it's just, you know, again, a synergy is the right word. There's a, a force multiplier effect that the photobiomodulation brings to sauna detox. That's just not there in a, in a far infrared sauna or a finished sauna. So on the near infrared sauna, and correct me if I'm wrong here, are we all in that detox process? We're activating heat shock proteins. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the primary way that the body is detoxified. So the cells are heated up by three degrees from whatever lights or whatever heat source you're using. Once the torso gets heated up three degrees, basically all the cells in the body are having, you know, having a, what's called a heat shock response. So the nucleus begins to produce heat shock proteins, which act as chaperones and help make cell detox more efficient. They also fix misfolded proteins. You also get uh, growth factor effects. Uh, you, you kind of get passive exercise effects, uh, you know, during sauna. Growth factor is increased, vasodilation occurs. It, it, but it's, it's interesting because in, unlike uh, 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 an intense workout where these benefits come in the context of all the stress of sympathetic dominance and the adrenaline and the, and the cortisol and the stress hormones are, are, are coursing through the body, all of this extra energy is used for healing. Um, it's used for detoxification. It's used for rebuilding the body. So, but again, not, not, not to get too, too distracted here, the, the detoxification is a simple cause and effect of heating up the body. So when we're doing that in, in the sauna, we're doing the most effective detoxification you can possibly do. If you do localized therapy, like this, this single light that we use here, it's used for targeted therapy. You can promote heat shock proteins in a localized area, uh, the head, the knee, the, the, the ankles, wherever, but you're not activating the, the systemic detoxification system. So you don't want to be doing that too intensely or, or doing that in a full body fashion. The importance of sweating here is paramount. So when we heat up the body, uh, the heat shock proteins get activated and the body in response begins to sweat. And the sweating is not just to cool us down. Because we're in a parasympathetic state, a healing hormonal state, the body is using the skin as the primary detoxifier. For the first time in a long time, or for people who don't do sauna, it's giving your liver, kidneys, and adrenals, and, 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 and stool as well, your, your intestinal, your GI tract, a chance to rest. It's excising the toxins in the least energetic, most effective fashion. And if people are wondering, well, what can I detox with sweat? It's everything. Plastics, petrochemicals, heavy metals. You can look at the 9-11 worker studies where they did the Ron Hubbard uh, sauna protocols. You can look at, uh, there's a bus study from a couple of years ago where they showed for the first time ever, you can sweat out mercury. So previously we thought you could only excrete it via the stool. So what we see is more that we look at the, at the skin, the more we see it can, it can detox everything. And again, if it, it does so in the, in the least energetic, most effective fashion of all the elimination organs. But if we're not sitting in a sauna, we're not doing that. So there really is no other way to fundamentally detox. And it, it really is a core part of health nowadays. The, the modern humans are inundated with a tidal wave of, of toxic exposure that we never had before. So where before it was you know, something that um, people thought maybe was a luxury, it's really becoming a necessity nowadays to continually clean up your body and regenerate it. You need to be doing sauna. I love this, Brian. This is amazing. And as a person who has a target light mainly because I travel a lot, I'm going to have a few questions on that in a second. Going back to just LED versus incandescence, right? There's a bunch of companies out there marketing LED as sort of this source of photobiomodulation. Do you mind just going through the differences between the benefits, if you will, or however you would describe the differences between the two? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, as a reminder, the evolutionary basis for photobiomodulation is an experience with incandescent light from the sun. 
Uh, you can read this in uh, Dr. Hamlet's Friend or Foe article. It's actually one of my favorite short articles that, that kind of explains photobiomodulation in an incandescent perspective and how it relates to sunlight and whether near-infrared is good or bad for us. It's called Friend or Foe. Um, he references in there a study that when we are on the equator, and this is an average, of course, but uh, when we're on the equator, the average amount of um, near-infrared light that we're getting is like 20 to 40 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So when we're talking about photobiomodulation, there's two things. One, you need the right wavelength, you know, the one that's in that mitochondrial stimulation band that's activating. And two, you need a minimum amount of power, so a dose. So you're, you need the right type of food and you need the right dose of it in order for this photobiomodulation stuff to work. So if you look at our ancestral context, every day we got 20 or to 40 milliwatts per centimeter squared on average on our whole body. And again, you have this in every cell of the body. It's not just the skin, it's in the brain, it's in, in the kidneys, in the bones. Uh, another interesting aside, the only wavelengths that have been shown to penetrate bone tissue are near infrared, within which we have mitochondria. So to kind of break this down, incandescent versus LED light therapy, look, they're both fine. They're both good in terms of they're both doing photobiomodulation. The LED guys will say, oh, incandescent light doesn't produce enough power density. Uh, we dispute that, which we can measure with basically uh, you know, a, a professional radiance meter. And, and, and like absolutely, in, in our sauna, for example, if you have four of these 250-watt lamps uh, at about two feet, you get on average like 50 to 70 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So in the full-body products, you're getting more than you would get on average from the sun, and you're right up there in what's called the pho therapeutic photobiomodulation range. 10 to 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So we're definitely delivering on the power density and we're delivering on the wavelengths. Um, like I said, our bulb is, uh, is about, what, 40% uh, near infrared. So it's in the right band, it's in the right power density. But I think that this comes with the various advantages that LEDs don't come with. So if we're both giving the wavelengths, we're do both doing photobiomodulation, what other comparison or contrast can we make? One is the flicker issue, which I just, I just showed you before with the flicker meter. LEDs flicker at 121st. So you're sitting there trying to heal and do this cellular healing uh, stimulus therapy. And what's riding along with it is a stress stimulus. Just like you want to want, wouldn't want to do this in a toxic, uh, polluted smog, you know, a, a place where the air was polluted. You don't want the flickering pulsing pollution either, just like you don't want EMF uh, pollution. So LEDs, uh, these LED products, they're, they're all pulsing at 120 hertz because they're plugged into the wall. Um, and that's the nature of LED light. So incandescent light, the filament is, is two and a half thousand degrees in here. It never flickers. It never has a chance to cool down, even with alternating current uh, flipping phases um, many times a second. LEDs are basically a computer chip that you run electricity through it and, in, and these gaseous compounds get created and it begins to fluoresce. So every time, the, every time the, in the alternating current, the current switches direction, the LED shuts off. So it's going like this, on and off, on and off. It's a very dramatic degree of flicker, uh, more so than fluorescent light anyway, and more, more, more problematic. That doesn't come with an incandescent light therapy at all. You just don't have that period. The light bulb doesn't flicker at all because it's so hot. Even with the phase changing, it doesn't have a chance to cool down. The, the other thing that I think is interesting is this idea of like, what's natural light? Um, certainly, there's a place for, for vitamin C. You can take a lipospheric vitamin C and you can have a positive effect on your body and on your health. I'm a big proponent of the ancestral context. How do we get light naturally? We always got broad spectrum light, primarily near infrared in this natural power shape uh, and, and power spectrum that incandescent light offers. In the body, when we're doing photobiomodulation, we're just activating one system. 
remember that with heat, we have a lot of wonderful effects, not just detoxification. We have vasodilation. We have uh, endurance uh, effects where um, perseverance effects over time. You also have different neurological effects. You have improved cognitive functioning type effects too that are just coming with heat therapy. And so we're doing light and heat therapy together. We're getting a synergy of the two. And I'll give you one example at the cellular level that I think is fascinating that hits the nail on the head as to why you need broad spectrum light with lots of near infrared. You need incandescent light. There's these heat gated ion channels in some of the cells. That, so it's a gate that is activated by heat that lets ions in and out of the cell. When you have water that gets structured by near-infrared light or visible light, the structured water molecule can sit on the gate, and then once it's structured and sitting on the gate, it becomes its own near-infrared photobiomodulation chromophore. So what that means is now that the structured water is sitting on the heat-gated ion channel, near-infrared light then hits the water and upregulates the gate, so the gate works faster. So here you have a perfect example of where you need light, near-infrared light, and heat light. So you need the water-absorbing mid-infrared, near-infrared. You need the photobiomodulating near-infrared for the structure in the water and also of the photobiomodulating of the structured water. And you need all of those things to occur all at once for the system to kind of be upregulated and enhanced. If, you're just, if you just have near-infrared light and you don't have any water-absorbing uh, low-energy near-infrared or mid-infrared, this doesn't happen. And all wavelengths of, of light from the sun do structure water. So all of these things are happening in, uh, in our bodies all together all the time. So I think you're just missing, you're only getting a piece of the pie if you're just doing an LED photo, um, light therapy. LEDs are, uh, light therapy is typically giving you a peak at 660, which is in red. And then there may be either or in combination a peak at in the 800 range, 830 or something that's near infrared. And they're just blasting you with this, this power density that they're only giving you like one to 10 wavelengths wide. And they're saying, this is all you need. This is good enough. See, look, look at the clinical photobiomodulation response of the mitochondria. But we're not just a mitochondria. We're a mitochondria sitting inside of a cell, sitting inside of tissues in a body. And uh, the picture is much more complicated. So, you know, we see from our customers, we, we certainly... Uh, most of the photobiomodulation studies are with LEDs to where you can isolate one. And that's how they figured out, oh, there's an, these are the wavelengths that simulate the mitochondria. Uh, you take one wavelength and you, you, do a, you do a study on that and you, you see biological response and you can then say, okay, this is great. It's really hard to use an incandescent sauna or incandescent bulb uh, in a research study and in terms of isolating all the variables and saying, oh, it was not the photobiomodulation that helped the person recover from this illness or have this effect, it was the heat, or was it both, or was it more one than the other? We don't know. You know, there, there is definitely room to do research. We're starting our first uh, quality of life uh, study this year, so we're pretty excited by that. But in the meantime, we have uh, incredibly satisfied customers, and in the beginning, the product was more bricolage, so I, I attribute that to the power of the better detox and the better life therapy itself. But nowadays, you know, we also have our zero EMF sauna product, that uh, also gives you a break from electromagnetic stress, which is becoming quite a luxury nowadays. So we, you know, we're, we're continually seeking like, what is the best possible 20 minutes you could spend to improve your health every day? Brian, I have to say, wow, on that explanation that very well done, because I, I actually didn't know about the gate to the cell. So thank you for sharing that. Let's go to the EMF side of things because you just brought it up. And then I, I want to take some like practical takeaways in terms of how we would use this every day. But we see from a lot of saunas, if you will, 
this presence of EMFs and this ongoing bombardment of EMFs. You guys have the zero EMF sauna. What is the significance of that? And why should people seek that out? So there's a lot of confusion about EMF um, and we can geek out and get really into the weeds of this, but I think we should, people need to understand at really high level. It's a very simple concept to understand. EMF means electromagnetic field or electromagnetic force. This concept you know, is, is ubiquitous throughout our universe. All of the light from the sun is, a is technically an electromagnetic field coming off of the sun and, and getting to the earth. It's called the electromagnetic spectrum for that reason. Electromagnetic has two components that are, it's always a duality. So you have electric fields and you have magnetic fields. And really the issue comes from synthetic artificial man-made uh, electromagnetic forces. What is also called more technically non-native EMF. So EMF that's native to our ancestral experience is actually good. The sunlight, the Schumann resonance. So the earth has a, a resonance of whatever, seven or eight hertz that we've evolved under this. This is what our bodies are designed to get. And we really need it every day. We're in our best element if we're getting this light from the sun, this natural electromagnetism. We're getting the natural magnetic fields. Unfortunately, nowadays, uh, man, you know, in his arrogance uh, and for convenience has developed a lot of uh, basically electricity uh, and, and, and wireless signaling systems that are very pervasive um, sources of electromagnetism that do have health effects. So for those of you who um, are skeptical of this and think that electromagnetism and electric fields and magnetic fields don't affect the body and don't have any biological effect, you need to look up Dr. Martin Paul's work. Um, the voltage-gated calcium ion channel. So the issue is uh, when an electric field hits your body from electricity or from a, a cell phone signal, it triggers the voltage-gated calcium ion channels in the cells and causes a rapid calcium influx in the cell, which leads to oxidative stress. And if you look, you know, broad picture, it's highly associated now with, with heart problems, cancer problems, psychological neurodegenerative problems, uh, depression, insomnia, all these sorts of things. Uh, and that's because it, this, these calcium ion shells are everywhere in our body and they're actually, the highest density of them is in our brain, in our nervous system. So this stuff absolutely does affect us. And we see now in animal studies, we see in human studies, a lot of problems with getting too much man-made EMF. So to kind of like break it down really simply, I can show you with a meter real quick. You have electric fields is basically the current running through the, the wire. And a magnetic field is produced in a perpendicular in space, the perpendicular direction to the electric field. So the current's running through the wire, and the magnetic field is my thumb, and it's produced in basically a cylinder around the wire. So when you, uh, if you don't have any shielding in your wire, any basically metal, metal jacketing, those electric fields leak out of the electricity, the wiring in our products, the wiring in our homes, if it's not shielded, then it's constantly leaking out. And our bodies are conductive, just like even carpet is conductive. People think that wood or carpet's not conductive because it's, it's not wet, but there's in fact humidity in the air and that's all it takes. And you can have electric fields come four feet out of the wall, out of the wiring in your home and it, and it gets into your body. And what that does is it increases the voltage on your body so you can measure your body voltage. And, and this is the demonstration that unfortunately we can't do because I don't have the zero EMF in front of me, but when you walk into a Faraday cage space, your body voltage is no longer increased by these man-made electric fields around you and it goes back to normal which is super low and you kind of feel it once you get in there so this guard is acting as a faraday cage around this bulb there's electric field running through the filament that's bringing the electricity so this is and you can use one of these too you don't have to use 
you know, a really expensive uh, electric field meter, a vector field probe. This is, this is a, a GeoViles near field meter. They're pretty darn expensive. And you want that to be grounded for, you know, the most accurate uh, measurement. But you can use these little pens, too, that electrical contractors use. So when you have an unshielded um, thing, see how it's beeping? Yep. But when you have this on here, there's no beep at all. And if I show you, like, an unshielded wire, let's see if we can... So, so just, that electric field is coming out four or five inches just mm -hmm. out of this tiny little, you know, tiny little lamp wire. So bigger wires have bigger electric fields. And so why is this a problem? Well, because of the biological effects, that's a problem. But it's also a problem because just like the fluorescent light, it's 24 hours a day. You have it uh, where you're working, where you're eating. You have it in your bed when you're sleeping. So for those of you that are having insomnia issues and, and you just wake up and you don't feel rested at all and you feel groggy, um, chances are you probably have a pretty high voltage in your bed. And uh, electricity is easier to deal with. It's, you, you use grounding, um, grounding concepts, like you want all your electricity, all your wiring in your, in your home to be grounded, and you can use a metal conduit or metal wrapped wiring to achieve that. The problem is, what do you do about the electric fields in the air? Everybody has a cell phone nowadays, and where can you go where you don't get cell phone signal? So cell phone signal is the same thing, it's an electric field, but it's not coursing through the wiring in your home, it's flying through the air. And people think, oh, well, if I turn my phone into airplane mode, you know, I'm good, I'm, I've taken care of that transmitter, I'm, I'm, I'm protected now. But in fact, even though your phone is in airplane mode and not transmitting, you're still receiving a signal from the tower. And wherever you go in your home, if you can make a phone call, then you're getting that, that voltage on your body and it's increasing your body voltage, you know, 24 hours a day. So uh, even uh, in the last 20 years, this has changed dramatically. I grew up and my parents grew up with electricity, but we didn't have really uh, wireless technology until I was in, I don't know, middle school or whatever. I remember my dad had one of those, one of the first uh, cell phones and it came in a big case. <laughs> like the big brick one. Yeah, and it, it looked Gordon, like something Gordon from Back to the style. Future. Yeah, yeah, it, it actually had a case that it was wired to and it was, it was a, a curly cube cord. But, but we didn't have that and we certainly didn't have 4G or the coming 5G, we just didn't have. And, and the difference is with 4G versus the old 2G or 1G is there's just a lot more wattage in the air, a lot more voltage flying through. So the power levels have gotten so high that it is now damaging to our health and it's definitely proportional to how close we are. So if you live right next to a tower in a big city, you can measure that, you can measure it with an Acousticom 2, you can measure it with, uh, you know, a really expensive GeoVitals uh, high field meter. You can use, there, there's a bunch of stuff that you can buy to measure radio frequency or RF, which is an electric field in the air. And it's very interesting. I think it's very educational to measure this in your home to see what's going on. Some people know about that. And a lot of people are talking about that. Uh, oh my God, EMFs, they're so, they're so damaging. They're so problematic. They're, they're going to kill us all, you know, the end of the world sort of almost Malthusian people are becoming about EMFs. I'm more of a, of a solver. And, and a doer, and I want to know like what can we do about this. So the first thing that I've done about it uh, is to take care of it in our product. All of our wiring is shielded. Our guard is a grounded, shielded cage. Um, even the cord is shielded. There is no point of electric electrical leakage. Um, there's also magnetic field cancellation principles that are um, going on in the design of the inside, so that the magnetic field does not come out farther than you know about the front of the bulb at all. So where the user is, there's no magnetic field. There's certainly no electric field, which I just showed you. And, and then the next step was our ZeroEMF uh, enclosure, where I basically designed a grounded RF shielding Faraday cage on all six sides. And that's why it's so difficult to escape this stuff, 
is you have to block all six sides and have no leaks and no holes and no gaps. You, you, you also don't want something that you can't breathe in either. So, you know, you know, in the military, in, in the industry for testing and, and calibration purposes, you can see big Faraday cages. They're huge, huge boxes of, of huge thick steel and they have ferrite um, tiles on the inside and they have these foam things in them to basically kill all the signal coming in and having nothing reverberating inside. But what's uh, fundamentally different about our product is it's a machine washable, lightweight, basically liner upgrade. So it's the first in, I would say, a, a future of modern, convenient, good looking, and, and, and really effective EMF protection. And it becomes so important in, in, in what's coming is, is the 5G. So starting in 2019, that's this year, I guess we're here now, we're rolling out 5G. All of the cellular providers are rolling out 5G systems. They've already been tested for a while in Austin and LA and Seattle and some of the major cities. And, and what this is, is basically, for those who are not aware of 5G, it's the next generation cell phone technology. It's basically a, a, a big increase in the current wattages we get. 4G is like, it's like 800 megahertz and 1.2 gigahertz and around there below two gigahertz. And then you have Wi-Fi that's 2.4 gigahertz or five gigahertz. So the new 5G frequencies are increasing everything that's here dramatically already in 4G and adding in much higher frequencies five gigahertz, seven, 20 gigahertz, 40 gigahertz, even 70 gigahertz, um, even 100 gigahertz has been tested in studies. So um, these wavelengths don't, even though they're, they're, they're higher frequencies, so they carry more bandwidth, so we can have more data, so we can have smart TVs and smart dishwashers and everything will be smart and maybe even have wireless charging. So you can walk down the street and your, your 5G phone just charges while you're walking. But the problem with higher frequencies is they don't penetrate as well radio frequencies and longer wavelengths actually penetrate solid objects much better. So the solution to that is to basically double the amount of antennas we have now. There's like three or two or 300,000 4G antennas. Uh, in a 5G world, there's like half a million or more antennas across the world. Every new home, you know, it will be a, a marker of, of home value to have your 5G antenna ready in your modern home. And then you even have to have more inside because it doesn't penetrate the walls really well. So you have an antenna on your street lamp on the corner, you have one on your on your house, you have another couple in your home, and you have unlimited bandwidth and unfortunately uh, growing biological consequences to that. Um, so that's 5G, that's coming. That's something that's unavoidable. I don't think we, we should obsess over stopping it. Um, let's find solutions to it. And I also don't think that we need to be concerned yet with getting 24-hour electromagnetic protection. I think the most important things to address are uh, where you're doing your healing in your sauna, and, and where, are you, where are you at most of the day? So in your office, um, you know, grounding out your wiring, also in your bed, you know, taking care of that so that where you're sleeping, which is a very restorative process, and while you're doing sauna, which is very restorative, at the very least, you don't have any EMF um, you know, influence on your body at all. And most people haven't tried a sauna like this, so they don't know the difference. But when you go into a, a space where there's no non-native EMF or it's, it's reduced such that there's almost zero, You've, it's kind of like it feels like it does in nature before you had cell phones, where you get out there, you're away from everything, you feel really grounded, you feel just at peace, you know, biologically. And it's, it's almost like we're so used to getting EMF stress 24 hours a day that when I go to shows and we show people our, our new zero EMFs on or people try it out, it's almost eerily quiet to them. And it's, it's almost uh, a jarring, like how quiet it is to the senses. And it's a real, it's a real trip in a good way. And you really feel it. And also, you know, you're, I certainly have been using it at home and, and the response is better. You're, 
you you get into that healing mode quicker when you just and it makes sense you you wouldn't meditate in front of a tv you wouldn't meditate outside you know in a polluted air environment well you also don't want to do any healing or meditation in the modern electro smog and and that electro smog is everywhere now so it's an important thing to think about and and be aware of and and certainly as we go forward uh, there will be some more and more solutions that come out so i'm definitely going to link to all these studies and gadgets that you've mentioned over the course of today but i want to transition now into just routines and practical uses of this we can possibly start with the full emf sauna and not practical uses more just sort of daily routines that you should get into um, but also i'm curious because i have the single lamp how you would use it if you were to do you know, a daily routine around just optimizing how you feel, getting better sleep, et cetera. Like what times of day would you use it and for how long? Yeah. So I use my, I use the full body product, the sauna, uh, every, every morning before work. And that's my routine where it works out where I get into my daily schedule. If you're a type where you do a heavy workout in the evening, which I don't do that, you would be advised to do a sauna maybe after that to calm your body down and get it prepared for sleep, especially those of you who are having sleep issues. When I started using my sauna initially, I was using it right before bed. Get that body into the parasympathetic state, the state it's designed to be in to go to sleep and, and going to sleep. So um, you want to be using the full body product three to five days a week. This is an optimal scenario. And whatever time of the day works out for you. Certainly, it's going if you do do daily vigorous workouts, you want to be doing the sauna after the workout to get your body out of that stress mode. Uh, there's definitely benefits to, benefits to exercise, and, and I... I salute those who um, are doing that, but we want to calm the body down afterward. And so often gyms anyway, they have sauna, you know, and that's a, that's a part of many people's routine nowadays, but it's pretty, it's pretty nice to do it at home. You can take, take a shower in your own shower, the photobiomodulation and so forth. Me, I do a sauna in the morning. I come to work. I, I make butter coffee for myself, mix in some, some mushrooms. I'm kind of changing my setup now, but I start out sugar-free in the morning. I don't do any carbs until after lunch. The brain uh, is much more focused when it's fueled only with fat, with ketones. So in general, I'm, I kind of avoid a high-carb diet, but I'm not so, like um, zealously ketogenic, uh, not at all. Um, I'm, I, I really actually prefer more of a Terry Walls diet. So Dr. Terry Walls' protocol. Walls protocol. Walls protocol. Uh, it's, it's kind of a paleo diet with a, hard, a big emphasis on cooked vegetables every day and a lot of them and avoiding foods that are, you know, high lectin, high oxalates or soaking your nuts and so get, getting those plant plant proteins down. So you're not getting as much of that. But I'm a big fan of that butter coffee in the morning. I put collagen in it too, because that's my morning meal. And then I have a nice lunch with vegetables and stuff. But in the morning, uh, my I start work very early about 555 six o'clock. And I have my butter coffee and I'm on fire until like noon. And then I have lunch at noon. And and I don't have any brain fog. In fact, hyper-focused, hyper-effective in the things I'm doing. And I don't get hungry or, you know, hypoglycemic. I just, it's just very filling. So every day I have a, a strict routine of that and then eating home-cooked foods. Um, we eat a lot of home-cooked, uh, homemade chicken broth. And everything that we cook at home is made with homemade tallow. So tallow is rendered beef fat. And then I'm just really careful where I get all my food. It's all, it's all local. And yeah, it's more expensive, but um, it's also really expensive to eat out a lot. And I just don't feel good. Um, and certainly I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fanatic about it either. I, when I go out with some friends or something, I go and, and I'll, I'll eat what's served at the restaurant. I'll have a croissant sometimes on Saturday. But I maintain this daily routine of, of sauna uh, and careful diet and 
other good lifestyle choices that keeps me super strong and healthy. I just don't get sick much, you know, knock on wood. Uh, but I've said that so many times and knocked on wood so many times now. Uh, it's just, I'm, I'm taking care of myself. And, and if I do, you know, every once in a while, get caught up with something, it never affects me. I never have to take a day off from work because I can bounce back. When I, if I do get exposed to something, I take high dose lipospheric vitamin C. For example, if I have a, a cut or a wound, I use ozonated olive oil on it, or I'll use hypochlorous uh, acid spray on it, or I'm, I'm looking at natural solutions for everything. And when you see that there's natural solutions to everything from deodorant to, to toothpaste, um, and you maintain this, this core discipline every day, you know, you, you don't have to be dogmatic about things. You can cheat once in a while and, and, and do whatever, and you're fine. I do take care of my lighting as well. So in the new office, I don't have any fluorescent light. I don't have any LED light at all. People think I'm weird. The electrician was like, you're so weird. And I'm putting a skylight in actually. And he said, oh yeah, you want the, the low E glass? I said, no, I want the clear glass. Completely clear with the highest transmission and the highest uh, solar heat gain coefficient. And they look at you like you're bizarre, but um, all these people are, are really unhealthy nowadays. And nobody knows why. Well, well, these are the reasons why. Um, and I see it with my family. It's not just me. I see it with in the kind of in our world, in the alternative health world, the biohacker world. You see people who are taking care of themselves. You can see the vitality in their skin and on their face. It's it's just obvious. And people who aren't, they're they're chronically sick. They they always they have colds all the time. These kids, they have colds all day long, all the time. Even um, here, you know, at our in at the sauna space shop, you know, people get sick here and there, and. Um, also people in town and, and that's, they're not living an ancestral lifestyle. You can, it, for me, the, the balance is for the biohacker balance and the optimal human balance in the modern world is to accept this modern world and these awesome technologies we have that enhance our lifestyle and enhance our purpose, but understand that biologically we need to be ancestral in all of our principles. And so finding a modern solution, that's real biohacking. It's not a cheat. It's modern adaptations to or it's you know innovative adaptations to the modern context to keep us you know keep access uh, to these ancestral therapies that we have light heat meditation you know low emf experiences which is which is what's natural natural food natural diet natural human relationships too people i think need to pay attention to that like how how are you looking at yourself how do you talk to your mother how do you how do you talk to your friends are you holding anger are you holding resentment there's, there's, there's no, there's just no time for that. Well said, well said. So I want to talk a little bit about the single, single light and I'm trying to pick it up, but I don't want to make too much noise here. So for me, I travel a lot. That's the only reason why I don't have the, yeah, you've got it right there. The only reason why I don't have the full sauna is because I'm bouncing on planes all the time. If I'm using just the single light, how would you recommend integrating it on a daily basis? Like how much should I use it? How could, should I be using it all day long? Is there sort of a law of diminishing returns? Uh, where should I be pointing on my body, et cetera? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's good that we talk about that. So the single light is for targeted therapy. It's like spot therapy. You're delivering light and heat benefits to a localized area. So people are typically using this on their problem areas. Our customers report using it for everything from, from edema to just chronic pain in the shoulder, back pain, joint pain, to skin issues. But a lot of people use it on the head too for psychological, neurological benefit. And when you feel sad in the winter, you're not getting enough near for a light. You don't need more. Uh, the medically, and this is just my humble non-practitioner opinion, but the, the, the medically approved solution for um, seasonal affective disorder, you know, when you get depressed in the winter, 
is a flickering fluorescent light bulb. And so it's a sympathetic stimulus that gets you jacked up, but that's not the true solution. The true solution and the, and the ancestral solution for that was near infrared light, is photobiomodulation and parasympathetic relaxation. So people are absolutely using this to stay happy and healthy in the winter as a sun lamp. But how much you can use it, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely some restrictions. So you can use it uh, five or 10 times a day, up um, from, from 10, five or 10 minutes all the way up to an hour in each one of those sessions on any part of the body except the head. If you're doing it like this on the head, like I usually use it on the head and my gut when I'm working at the office. This is my daily routine too when I get in the office is I use this intermittently throughout the day. We limit the exposure of the head or the throat to 10 minutes. So we don't want to overdo the heat and the light therapy in the head. And you do, you do have a great uh, stimulus and a great effect from doing 10 minutes. But you, you, then you let it rest for an hour and then you can come back and you, know, you just turn it off and turn it back on an hour later for 10 minutes. But if you have it farther away than you know, a foot and a half or two feet, and it's just kind of like it is now here in the room, you can actually leave it on all day. So I use this after dark for our blue light free lighting in the home. So we have light to eat with and light to converse with and hang out in the living room with that is completely blue light free and is a, a gorgeous, beautiful light. And, and it has a, you know, it ha has a, has a cycle, you know, it really has a qualitative effect on, on the environment. It gives a good vibe to sit in. It's like that feeling you get in front of the fireplace. So that feeling is actually, you're getting a little bit of photobiomodulation. The, the wood is burning at 1200 or 1500 degrees and you're getting a little bit of near infrared from that all by less than what you get from the lamp or get from the sun and that feeling is the same and so you can you can use it at home just for general lighting after dark you can use it up close many times a day if you use it on the gut or use it on the feet you can use it again half an hour 45 minutes per session and do that four or five six seven eight even even eight times a day but there is a limit to how much you can do it's just like the sauna in the sauna, the maximum use is two one-hour sessions a day, and most people would work up to that, starting from 20 minutes. You don't you sit in there for five hours. There is a, that's kind of the recommended dose, because what we're trying to do is get the body to heal, give it this amazing stimulus, and then let it do its work and get it any chance. And, and, you, and, you, and then it, you slowly clean up, you slowly galvanize the body, you slowly build endurance and perseverance and you actually heat temper the body as well and you slowly improve your functioning as you get all the heavy metals and the mercury and the aluminum out of your brain uh, which everybody has in their brain nowadays it's, it's just everybody's dealing with that mm -hmm. and slowly things work better and then as you work better your immune systems work better your healing systems work better and it's a force multiplier the healthier you are the healthier you can stay and the more you can stave off disease and everybody gets exposed to infectious disease all the time. Mm -hmm. But those of us who are really taking care of ourselves and are you know, in a, in a very optimal health state, it just doesn't affect us. We don't contract it. The body naturally fends that off. I'm a big believer in natural immunity and not um, induced immunity or required immunity. I think that the, the human body can handle any of these infectious um, diseases and organisms and anything all day long as long as it's really healthy and you have a clean environment that you live in and clean water and clean food and clean light instead of junk light, junk food, junk environment. And that all leads to junk health. Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to go into a few rapid fire questions before we wrap up today. Cause I know you've been extremely generous with your time. Of course. I'm going to jump into those. Now, which aspect about health do you feel needs most or more attention than it's currently getting? I really think the detoxification needs to be seen not as just a luxury or another thing you can do. You know, people, 
people get frustrated with, oh, I got to do this now for my health. I got to do that for my health. And it becomes a burden and they end up doing nothing. So sauna is not just another thing. Sauna is a central aspect of keeping yourself healthy due to the modern toxic, you know, the, the, the tidal wave of modern toxins we get from how we eat our food to the, you know, the, the styrofoam to the chemicals we're exposed to. This will only increase over time. Our modern environment will only become more toxic over time invariably due to just the advancement of technology, the way things are going. So it's more important than ever to have a daily routine of detoxing this junk out of our body and repairing the damage that the toxins caused. So that's not a juice cleanse and that's not a, a, a detox pill or, or just taking some chlorella, even though chlorella is amazing. It's this ancestral practice of sitting in the sauna and activating every cell of the body to do de its own detox and activating all the major systems of the body to do detox. It's just a central part of our lifestyle. So if there was 20 minutes that you, you said, okay, I'm going to dedicate this to my health every day or five days a week, that ought to be in an incandescent sauna. I'm very curious how you answer this next question because of our conversation before we clicked record, but favorite book on high performance. And again, you can take it wherever you want on that. Well, I, I, you know, I, I do prefer to read uh, the papers and the research um, in lieu of reading, you know, performance books or help or help self-help books or, or whatever. So I prefer the research for learning more about the science and the latest advancements in photobiomodulation and sauna detox in health in general. But uh, really, I, uh, for my, for my pleasure reading, I, I go more towards other subjects like I, I do love to read uh, science fiction and fantasy just to relax because they're it's easy quick reading stuff but uh, I've been very interested lately in metaphysics so what I've been reading lately is this this author called Rene Ganon and he just has a very uh, interesting perspective on our purpose in life and and and, you know, the metaphysics of the, the reality that we live in, the universe we live in. And he's a very unusual source. He's really outside of academia. He's not really well known publicly or in academics. But uh, for those of you who are interested, I would recommend starting with the, the crisis of the modern world. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, or the introduction to the Hindu doctrines is also amazing. But the crisis of the modern world really sums it up. It's a very interesting concept that uh, he presents. This was new to me. I never heard this before, read this before, that knowledge is not just a Descartian definition of knowledge that is basically knowledge is that which can be rationalized or observed. It, knowledge is actually much greater than that. There's a universe of knowledge. And outside of rational knowledge is, is super rational knowledge. And it's not irrational. It's not like, it's, it's not in contradiction to rational knowledge. It's just beyond it. It's outside of it. He also called it super intuitional knowledge. And it's just a very interesting concept where you, it's not something that you believe. It's something that you know to be true, even though you can't verify it through observation. You know it. Um, and that's how he describes, you know, our world and, and the universe and and in the higher the higher beings and the higher the higher states of existence that we live in and this tug and pull between um, quality and quantity and that's part of the what we're talking about in a way we can look at what we've all we've talked about today in terms of quality versus quantity we, we have increasing um, material wealth every day and every year that passes for humanity everybody lives better in terms of creature comforts and having electricity and all these things that were a dream, a fantasy 100 years ago for the average person. Um, and so we have more and more quantity, but we also have a dilution of quality that necessarily is occurring. And so I fight, I, I really resonate, Ganon resonates with me, no pun intended, because of 
this quality issue. We need quality in our health. We need quality in our products. We need quality in our food. And, and we need quality in, you know, everything that has to do with our health. So for me, that's light. And, and it's just my product and, and what I'm doing here. But not just me either. It's all these people, Dr. Terry Walls, everybody's looking and saying, well, what's the highest quality approach we can take to this problem, to this human experience? And uh, the danger nowadays is to get just sucked up into the quantity, into, you know, the, 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 the next gadget. And, and, and also, I think, a danger in the biohacker world. Oh, it's there's so definitely much, a danger. so much gadgetry. So, like, there's all this gadgetry that gives us all these cool diagnostics and all these, um, you know, diagnostics and analytics. Mm-hmm. But, but they're not functional improvements in our health or, or they're, not, they're not benefiting our health, really. They're just giving more and more data. So yeah, his name again is Rene Ganon, The Crisis of the Modern World. It's a, it's a short read. It's a lovely read. And it really, for those who are interested in that topic, it's really an eye-opener. It's one of my high, most highly recommended books right now. Excellent. What's your, and you may be biased with this one, but what's your top trick for enhancing focus? Um, other, than, other than, again, using my product, I feel repetitive in saying that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think a, a, another big solution to my health problems beyond the, the technology I was using was the dietary change. I think there's definitely something fundamental to this, you know, some kind of paleo type of diet where you're just look back and say, well, what did my grandmother eat? And what did her, my great grandmother, my great grandfather, what did we eat back then? We ate a lot of lard and a lot of tallow and a lot of butter. And uh, we ate a lot of animal products and we ate vegetable products that were unadulterated and we didn't eat anything that was factory. So I, I, that was the other big change in my lifestyle is I stopped eating any factory foods of any kind, anything that comes out of a box, anything that's preserved at all, you should be avoiding like the plague. But that also comes with investing more time in what you're eating. You know, it takes time to make real food. That's true. True. But, it, but you know, people who get frustrated with the burden of being healthy and all these practices you have to do to stay healthy, the advantage to being healthy is you're better in everything you do. And there's uh, self-fulfillment that comes at just waking up and having a ton of energy and feeling rested and, and going out and being a positive influence on the world. You can't help the people around you if your, your own house is on fire. There's just so much um, benefit. And those of you who are um, professionals, you know, working really hard and, and, and have a passion for the work you're doing and, and are trying to take it to the max, there's nothing that will benefit your performance more than than being healthy, getting the toxins out of your body and, and very carefully watching what you're eating, what light you're eating, what food you're eating, um, and what your healing practices are. Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure. First, a, a debt of gratitude. I love the light. In fact, I'm going to get a sauna once I move and figure out where the hell I'm living, but this is amazing. So thank you very much for this product, but also thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, where can people find out more about you if they want to learn more? Well, of course, you can just Google sauna space. You can go to saunaspace.com. Uh, you can also go to YouTube. Um, I've done a number of nice uh, recordings and different podcasts with different folks getting into the nitty gritty of different aspects of things that we touched on today. Uh, I, if you like the geeky stuff, I have a lot of long-winded articles I've written on the website where there's a lot of inline citation. There's certainly way more literature out there now than I have in my research archive, but it's a great place to start for those of you who like to geek out on that stuff. And, and otherwise, uh, you know, we, we do have some, um, some website upgrades going on right now. Uh, we're moving to a new platform, but 
we uh, have a, co a constant stream of events that we go to. So just right now, we're going to the, the Walls Protocol Retreat in, at the end of July. We'll be at Paleo Effects in, in of April. We're going to South by Southwest in Austin in, in March. We may go to NTA in Portland. That's also in March. But uh, there's a list of that on the website, uh, typically. And it, I encourage you, if you're in the, any of those localities, those shows are great shows on their own anyway. But you can come see us in person. Um, if not, you know, we... we uh, for a long time, we've offered a 100-day trial and free shipping in the USA and Canada because I want people to try it out. And If they don't like it, it's cool. They just need to send it back. But the proof is in the pudding. So if you're in the USA and Canada, it's really risk-free to completely try it out. And for those of you who aren't, uh, we do charge shipping, but we still have a trial for the entire world. We do ship worldwide. Very routinely, we're constantly every week shipping to Western Europe and Australia because uh, we got something really special, really unique. As far as Physically being in uh, on the European continent or in Australia, we do actually have plans to go to some shows either in the fall of 2019 or definitely in 2020 because there's a lot of um, definitely a lot of desire for us to show up and and be at some some pretty cool uh, different shows that are going on. But at the same time, you know, as you see behind us, we just moved into here. We're experiencing so much growth and so much demand here in the USA that. We really got to focus on increasing our output and our keeping our quality up. And we also have some new products coming out. So if you guys, anytime you want to come check out the website at saunaspace.com or get on our email list, uh, we definitely have some very exciting new products that we're coming out with this year. Some I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, uh, just because it's going to release in a week or two, we have a second generation EMF Oasis product uh, where we, I've custom designed my own shielding fabric and I've third party tested it to be much better RF shielding than anything that's really out there right now that's publicly available for shielding 5G. 5G, like I said, goes up past 40, you know, up 40 gigahertz even more. So I've tested this fabric against all the others in the industry and it performs um, admirably um, and is superior to anything else out there, especially these higher frequencies in 5G. So um, it's our latest and greatest upgrade. It's coming out now and it also will be reducing the price on that product too. So definitely pay attention to that. And that's just, um, that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen this year. I'm super excited about 2019. Brian, this is amazing, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and walking us through all of this. This is incredible. Uh, so thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Boomer. It's really my pleasure to talk about this. People need to be thinking about this and need to be aware of it. And, um, I feel grateful, honestly, to have just kind of stumbled into this uh, four or five years ago. Now, this is my passion. This is what I do. And, um, and I'm not going anywhere. Awesome. The show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash sauna space. And we'll link to everything Brian has mentioned in terms of research, but also gadgets as well. And go out and check out saunaspace.com. Brian, thanks again. And to all those listening out there, have an absolutely excellent day. Superhumans, before you go, can I ask two favors? Did you enjoy that episode? If so, can you send me an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com? Provide any feedback, positive or negative. I would love to hear from you. And for those of you who have really taken advantage of that, you know I respond to each email. Secondly, if you did enjoy the episode, can you head on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms, and give Decoding Superhuman a five-star rating. It would really be appreciated. And then finally, for those of you who are looking at taking an informed approach to health, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com. 
check out what we have going on over there. And if you want to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me, you're going to have that option. Superhumans, have an absolutely epic day. And remember, as always, choose health.